Hi, my name is Ryan O'Neill, and welcome to This Amazing Life, the show that brings you people and topics that inspire you, the listener, to live, love, and lead your own amazing life. On today's episode, we have Charlie Brenneman, a.k.a. The Spaniard, on the show to talk about his evolution of life as a Spanish teacher, as a UFC fighter, as a never-ending learner, and what drives him and continues to motivate him as his life continues to expand and evolve. Very entertaining, very engaging, very dynamic, and awesome personality. I hope you enjoy my conversation with Charlie the Spaniard Brenneman. Thank you so much for joining me again. My name is Ryan. This is This Amazing Life. I am very excited to bring to you, my listeners, a new friend that I met at a leadership event over in Philadelphia at the Phillies baseball stadium. There was a Spartan leadership event, and I was fortunate enough to be invited. And one of the guest speakers is our guest that we have on today, Charlie Brenneman, a.k.a. The Spaniard. Charlie, what's going on, man? I'm doing well, buddy. I, uh, I actually, I'm sure we'll talk about this a good bit whenever we dive into the content of the show, but I was just at Panera. I was just reading some books, making notes for, I have a couple episodes to put out later today and then tomorrow morning. So all is well, man, just learning and writing and talking and enjoying. And you're all over the place. You were actually just out over at a Spartan world known event, the Spartan championship event out in Lake Tahoe, wasn't it? Yeah, it was awesome. I was out of Lake Tahoe and I went up there. I went last year. So they have a pod fest and it's just started last year and it's growing little by little. But this year, so what they do is they invite a bunch of really cool guests in and then they invite some podcasters to go and do our thing. So I got to sit down, you know, in, in one day, I got six incredible interviews with uh, just, just my favorite thing about doing this stuff, podcasting is not just the big get, you know, getting the, who's the biggest, most famous person I can get, but getting people that aren't making the podcast rounds they're they're different who are equally as awesome and bringing their stories to the show and to other people's lives so it was i mean from athletes to mountain climbers to just people who do incredible stuff it was really cool man and it's it's but it does feel good to be home that's so cool that i think really resonates with me the reason why i wanted to do the show is because there are so many people out there who deserve the spotlight because they're trying to make a difference in the world, whether it's in their own personal life or in the lives of other people, and they just don't get the attention. So the fact that we have this medium, it it's really interesting, and I really hope that uh, not just my format, but your format and other people that we meet, it continues to inspire. And you, you alluded to something that I wanted to touch on. I think it's really funny. Uh, if anybody has ever met Charlie, if anybody's seen any of his stuff, he says that he is born and bred central Pennsylvania. And when I was doing my research, I started laughing and it made me so happy. When I saw a YouTube video, you were wearing a sponsorship t-shirt that had sheets branded right on the chest of it. And if anybody knows anything about Pennsylvania or the mid Atlantic region, sheets is a dead giveaway that you are from central Pennsylvania. Yeah. So they started in my neighboring town, you know, it's, it's, side by side back to back towns but yeah i have a, a pretty big history with the family i went to school with some of the kids you know what would be the grandkids with people who started but 
it's been really neat. My brother actually is a, is a lawyer at Sheet. So, but yeah, they sponsored me for a fair amount of my career. And it was really cool because I grew up going to, you know, listener, wherever you're from, picture the place you go to either eat pizza or hang out with your friends or whatever it is. Or maybe you have a, a, a convenience store in your hometown that you stop at. Well, that was it to us and to me and Central PA Pride. And, you know, they're in North Carolina and West Virginia and a couple other states. But it was really neat that that came to fruition. And it was something that they just so happened to be sponsoring me on the night of my biggest fight. So it was cool to bring that to a national national stage as well. That's very fun. And you have a very dynamic and what I would consider a very successful career. And that's definitely one of the reasons why I was very excited to highlight you on the show. Can you talk about let's let's start off with the name. I think the name is a great place to start off and that will help guide listeners into the life of Charlie Brenneman that morphed into the Spaniard and has now become the Spaniard show. Where did the name the Spaniard come from? So I have – you saw me last week or maybe two weeks ago over in Philly, and I have brown curly hair. And it used to be really long, and it's just really – it's like a mop. So, listener, if you can just picture a mop on top of someone's head, that's what my hair is. So when I was wrestling in college, I was also majoring in Spanish. And my wrestling coach would give everyone nicknames just because he was hilarious. And we'd do these wrestling camps across the Northeast, and he'd give us all nicknames basically to to keep little kids entertained and – make himself laugh and make us laugh. And he first started calling me Antonio Banderas. And that's a, a really cool name. And, and for some people, when I, t- when I tell this story to like youth, and I'm not exactly sure how old you are either, but some people are like, yeah, Antonio Banderas is like the coolest, most, most like toughest Spanish actor ever. But then some people are like, who's Antonio Banderas? I know. But, I totally get the <laughs> reference. It's okay. <laughs> but he, you know, he's like, he's the man in Desperado, you know? And then eventually that morphed into the Spaniard because, like I said, the kids don't know Antonio Banderas. And then when I started fighting, I, I needed a nickname and, and I figured, all right, I'll just go with the Spaniard. And so it, I, I like – and I think we're going to talk about this you know, evolution and just starting. When I started my show, it was called A Fighter's Mindset and because I, it just made sense to me. It was this is me. I'm a fighter and this is my mindset and this is how I approach life and I think this can help you approach your life you know, uh, in a more effective, efficient way to overcome obstacles, fears, etc. And then after I think it was actually on the 101st episode, we morphed it into Spaniard 101 because it, it really took on, on this thing of learning and I thought, well, this is kind of a – it's not, it's not m- m- me, my curriculum – as per se from a personal standpoint, but it's, Hey, these are all the things that I'm learning and bringing to my life and the lives of my kids and my wife, et cetera. And then, uh, not too long ago, we transitioned into the Spaniard show world's toughest lifelong learner, because this idea of learning was, is front and center in everything I do. And the idea of toughness and developing toughness and resilience in life, but then using learning and books and conversations as a way to help you navigate those obstacles and challenges is how we got to that point. But it, it's been a work in progress. I really don't foresee changing it again ever, but you know who knows? Right. And if anybody researches your stuff like I did, they would see you have a tremendous amount of content that you've put out. And it is very obvious that this is not just a whim. This is not something that you do occasionally on the weekends. You are 100% committed to the vision that you created and you do it on a daily basis. Is that something that started back when you were younger in high school? Was it in college when you were wrestling? When did this 
absolute unwavering commitment to daily practice start for you? Yeah, that in itself. So obviously I wasn't podcasting or, you know, when I was in back then, but yeah, to beat, look, wrestling, I fought, but wrestling is the toughest sport on earth. If you want to be successful with the sport of wrestling, most, most kids who are really successful, most start at a young age and you learn this work output, this idea of discipline and sacrifice and just, just going hard day in and day out. Because you know that, hey, this is the only way I'm going to get to the top. Because there is no marketing. There is no nothing. It's it's you work. You become the best. You win, period. And it it's a very black and white approach. So it just was ingrained in me the day in and the day out. And yeah, I, you know, I'd take Christmas. Actually, no, I wouldn't take Christmas off. There are days off, but I, I had to work extra on like Christmas and Thanksgiving because that was with the big meals and I had to work it off prior. But you take days off wherever, however, whatever. But the idea of that consistency, it's just, to me, it's its black and white. That's how you get to the top. So when I started podcasting, you know, I have eight, I think it's 850 total episodes on my show. And that seems like a lot, but really it's not a lot because I'm already living the life. I'm just now documenting the life. I listen to Gary Vaynerchuk as much as anyone, as much as anyone else out there. And that's all I'm doing. I'm already doing this stuff. So how hard is it to put a mic in front of me and hit record or tell you about the workout I just did or tell you about the trip I took to Spartan when you're already living it? It just it makes sense to just hit record. A compliment that I wanted to pay you when I was doing my research and I was listening and you made a comment. I think it was when you were talking about Kevin Hart and his book. People that are extremely successful, they tend to be more popular when they can come across as the everyday person, where even though they are tremendously knowledgeable about a specific field or they have a very successful career, if they can dial it down and just put it into layman's terms so that way it's so much more relatable, that just makes that person's message even more powerful. So that is definitely something that I feel comes across from you. And just watching your videos, listening to your episodes, your recordings, I was excited because your enthusiasm 100% comes across in everything that you put out. And that's, it's, it's, it's easy because this is what I love. And you know, it took me a long time to get to this point. I wrestled, I taught, I coached, I fought, I didn't know what I was doing. And then, boom, I landed here in this seat. And to me, it just, it's an evol- it's, it's a long process that I got right here, and I love being on a stage. So it only makes sense that I get really excited for it because I absolutely love it. So that's not to say that this spot or podcasting or whatever is the right thing for everyone. But it's just really easy to, it's almost like, I haven't even thought of a good enough analogy, but it, this is me, period. And, and that's why it's so easy to do because I'm not acting. And then when you've been humbled so much by wrestling and fighting, I mean, a microphone or an audience that's not trying to punch and kick you, it's a gift, you know? So I just bring that mindset into it. I would describe it the way that a friend of mine did when I interviewed her. She was actually one that kind of triggered this mindset in my head. This was very recent within the last two years, she said that her purpose in life is to help people understand and to discover the truest versions of themselves. And when you hit that point in your life, there's so much clarity, so much passion, so much purpose that it's almost more challenging to be inauthentic than to really be yourself. So that's, that's what you do a great job. And I 
hope that people take that away, that someone like yourself that had a tremendously successful career in the UFC, even had an appearance on television doing really well on Pros versus Joes, you are a regular person and you still get up and you try really, really hard every day. In fact, one of the quotes that I wrote down to abbreviate, you said that in a fighter's mindset, what you try to do is with every single breath that you give, you give it 100%. You are fully committed and you're going to try your best all the time. Yeah. I, one, I appreciate your homework, the homework you did, because it's really ob- it's really noticeable and obvious. So I greatly appreciate that. And yeah, the, the, the look, I, for example, I spent last weekend out at Spartan. You know, you know Spartan, I know Spartan, people maybe know Spartan, they may have heard the name Joe DeSena who founded Spartan. I mean, you heard you heard him talk as much as I did in the struggles of starting a business. Look, this is, you know, famous Joe DeSena, famous Spartan, he must have it made. Well, you know what, he's still working every freaking day. And he's still going through the grind every freaking day. And when you read Kevin Hart's book and you realize that he's still doing it, right? His his movie, uh, Night School, just came out. He was on social media saying, I'm, I'm promoting, I'm promoting. And he's, you know, promoting the heck out of it. He doesn't just sit back. The Rock's the same way. The Rock just started the, the, the spinoff of Fast and Furious. He's boom. It's whatever, midnight. He's landing in England. And, you know, it, it never ends. And I'm in love with that. I'm in love with it never ending because <laughs> – it's the eye of the tiger. It's the thrill of the fight. That's what I. That's what I was thinking. Love. There are. I would say this is a pretty good transition. And if you could talk about something that you said are the five elements to success: vision, values, success, accountability, and surroundings. Which of those five do you think was the first one that really gave you that aha moment? And which of these five is having the biggest impact on you right now? It's a really good question, and I think. The first answer to the question is vision. And when I, it, I don't know that when I first put them together, I, I think maybe I purposely put them in that order, but I truly don't know. But it makes sense that they're in that order. Vision. I mean, I wanted to be Rocky Balboa from the time I was a kid. I wanted to be Rocky Balboa. I was totally infatuated, totally obsessed with Rocky. And I, embrace being the underdog i probably even like make myself the i probably even if i'm not the underdog talk myself into being the underdog i i I just always had that image for my life so it it manifested in wrestling and then it manifested in professional fighting and now it's manifesting in podcasting where you know i just believe i'm the underdog and i'll get to the top and i'll keep fighting and bop 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 it's just how i live my life so i think that one probably hit me first a close second to that, and, and again, number two in the in the list there is values because once you have that vision and once you really start working for stuff, you really learn, all right, what's important to me? What really is important to me? If if I would say to you, hey, Ryan, what's your, what's your core values? Okay, and just pretend we're out of the blue. I meet you one day. What are your core values? And then you list them. And then you embark on a journey, a lifelong journey or a major goal or project or maybe even a life incident happens. Then you really learn your values. Then you then you take this first list that just sounded nice, and then you're, you you transitioned into okay, this is really me. That the crap hit the fan, and this is what's truly important. And then the uh, the last one there, the second question you asked, who, you know, which one? I think you said something along the lines of, "Am I employing now or is most prevalent now?" Probably surroundings. I I put a lot, lot, lot of stock into one, how I spend my every day. So when I was fighting and wrestling, but you know, fighting is what I refer to most, 
I was around world-classers every day. Guys like Frank Yeager, guys like Jim and Dan Miller, guys like Henzo Gracie, guys, just the, the, the best, the best black belts that I don't even know their name, but they smashed me every day. <laughs> you know, you're around those people. So when I was out of that environment, I had to re rekindle or re recreate that environment. So I do it by way of books. And that's first and foremost how I do it because, you know, there's – it's easy to create resistance for, you know, listener. It's easy to say, well, I don't have access to Frankie. I can't go to UFC. I can't pop up. You don't need to. You, you, you do need to spend 10 bucks on a book or actually you probably even get the PDF somewhere online of most books, but you do have to spend a little bit of money, but read those books, take notes, read a book a week, a day or whatever. And then like you and I were at Spartan last week, I'm putting a lot, lot, lot of effort into meeting and actually becoming friends slash associates slash more than just a fan of people like Joe DeSena, people like Jocko Willink, uh, people like Jack Canfield, all these people that I'm just uh, almost like throwing a, a target at the dart and saying, I want to meet that guy. I want to, I want to eat at his table. And then you just employ that practice over and over and over. In one of the, I would say versions, maybe that's the best word to describe it, the evolution, I should say, the evolution of your show in one episode, uh, the AM Experience episode number 578, when you're talking about astrophysics for people in a hurry, I think that actually points out to something that you just alluded to, which I totally agree with, and I think it is unbelievably important for people to understand, is that when people are passionate, when they feel like they have a purpose, they exude this frequency, this vibe, this energy that just draws other people in and they feel like they want to be a part of the magic too. So if we could offer advice to people that are listening, I think that you would agree or unless you'd like to word it another different way to put everything you can to be passionate about it, to be excited about it and look for other people who are also exceeding expectations, whether they are their own expectations, whether they are set from their coworkers, from their family, from social media, break out of the mold and be something different. And you totally live that every day. Yeah. And I mean, let's be real. You and I are just two dudes, right? You know, we're, we're relatively young. We haven't accomplished too much in our lives. So listener, you can take what we're saying with a grain of salt, but then let's dive into it. Let, let's think back to Napoleon Hill and Think and Grow Rich. Okay. Think and Grow Rich is one of the, I want to say more the, one of the most successful books ever written. So Napoleon Hill took like a 20 year study he was commissioned by Andrew Carnegie of U.S. Steel in the early 1900s to, to study what makes success. And he wrote the book Think and Grow Rich, something that every one of you should read. And he talks about our, our brain, our brains sending out frequencies and whatever frequencies we send out, we're going to receive. So that, that if you were doubting what Ryan was saying, <laughs> there you have it, right? Someone much smarter than us said it. And then let's tie that into Jack Canfield, who wrote Chicken Soup for the Soul and actually wrote the book on success called The Success Principles. He talks a lot about the law of attraction, and it's the same deal. What you think about, you bring about. So that's not to say that we are saying right now or Napoleon Hill and Jack Hampfield are saying. That's not to say that they and we are saying put out a good frequency and it will arrive on your doorstep. No, that's not it at all. It's that if you want it, maybe a chance that it arrives on your doorstep, then you've got to put out that frequency. There's no – I, my, my, my show may never reach the top. Your, you, your show may never reach the top, 
but it sure as heck is not going to reach the top if we don't feel it and believe it and act as if it is. A hundred percent. And I don't think I can state this enough, how much you really emphasize and you are a banner carrier for continual learning. The sheer number of books that I think that you read, or at least I perceive that you read on a regular basis is impressive. Can you talk about that shift that the show has taken now, uh, the books that you're reading, how you find your content and uh, what the information is that you're sharing with the listeners? Because I was really curious. I was curious to see if when you read the book, are you going to totally give page by page summaries or if you were going to highlight different pieces of information, what's that thought process that goes into selecting, highlighting, and showcasing different content of different books? Yeah, so it's a very selfish pursuit. It's whatever interests me, okay? So that that that's number one. So I'm not setting out thinking, how can I... How can I lure people to watch my show? I'm I'm setting out saying, all right, what do I want to read? And then what am I going to talk about? And hopefully people like it. So, and I read uh, my, I don't know, closest guesstimation is 200, 250 books that I've read in my life. So it's not like I read a book a day for the last hundred years. But what I really do, and this is a multi-level learning process and something that I plan to really make my own in the future is my learning process. So I'll, I'll pick a book and I'm just going to read from my list. I have it right in front of me. The, the last several books I read. Um, I just started Dichotomy of Leadership by Jocko Willink and Leif Babin. Just read Astrophysics for People in a Hurry. I read The Outsiders. So I also read kids books and talk about kids books. I read Descent of Spartan Way, Kevin Hart's I Can't Make This Up, Way of the Warrior Kid by Jocko, Bury My Heart at Wounded Knee. So th- there's a wide variety of books from different people. It's, it's all on my website as well. And so that I, I, I a lot of them are, hey, you should read this book, check this book out. So I'll go to Amazon, I'll type it, put it in my queue, and then, you know, check it out. But the idea is I don't, I'm not a speed reader. It takes me two or three minutes to read a page because I'm a, an obsessive person. When I do things, I'm obsessive and I need to know and I need to reread. And I have developed a little system for underlining to let me know because every book I read, every piece of content I consume, I'm thinking, how can I, recre- how can I recreate that in an episode? So I'll underline keywords, sentences, quotes, concepts, make notes to let me know, hey, okay, when I come back through this book, if I'm going to use it on my show or in a talk or something, I need to know why I underlined it. And this little system tells me why I underlined it. You know, is it a direct quote? Is it a concept, et cetera? And what I do on the show is kind of its own thing. It's it's not a summary. It's not a quote fest. It's its own thing. And generally the format that I take is, you know, read the quote or the sentence or state the concept and then relate it, kind of extrapolate on it, relate it to you, relate it to me, and then provide a little moral to the story. So that's kind of the gist of it. And the what I have found is, okay, reading once and then making the notations is reading two slash three times. Okay, so there's multi-level learning. And then I go back and I put it in my journal. And that's, you know, another level. And I'm actually writing it down this time so that I'm making the lesson plan for my lesson. And there's 582 of them thus far. And then I record the audio. Okay, so that's another level of learning. And then every week I make a document called What I Learned This Week where I'll take one concept from each day of the week and create an episode out of that. So that's like an extra level. So I'm becoming what I'm learning. It's not just, hey, I speed read a book today. Boom, next one, boom. 
No, like I'm really digesting these books and the fabric of me is these books. I'm making myself. <laughs> That's what I, I mean, we talked about, the, you mentioned this before I started recording. I am making myself a really, I don't know if the word is intelligent, smart, well-spoken, conversation. I don't even know what that word is. All I know is that my thread as a human is becoming the wisdom and knowledge from these books. Diverse. I would offer the word diverse. Yeah. And it's, if I do this, you know, Joe Rogan is, is probably the person I relate to most in terms of what life am I trying to build? He's someone who gets on stage. You know, he tells jokes, whereas I would tell learning. He's someone who commentates very intelligent about fighting. And he's someone who has a show, which where if I'm guessing he could probably make a really good living just from his show. It's about no one thing in particular. He's a naturally curious person. And when people tell him how smart he is, he says, no, I'm not smart. I just remember a lot of stuff. So I figure I have the system employed. If I do this for the next five, 10 years, I'm going to be really knowledgeable to be able to sit and have conversations with some really awesome people. Even better. And I think this is also a really great transition. I would take back what I said, and I would offer up the word balanced. I would say you are well-rounded and you are very balanced. And that's probably my favorite quote of yours that I found. You said that you'd rather be the seventh best fighter in the world and be a well-balanced human being than be the number one fighter in the world and have no balance at all. Can you talk about that a little bit? What other aspects in your life are important and non-negotiable for you to have a well-balanced life? So I got to learn. I got to exercise and I need to be with my family. If, if those three things, you know, and I just kind of thought that and said it, at, it without really processing it. But those are the first three things that come to mind. And if I don't have them, then I'm not, I just am not a whole human. And to be honest, if there's this ever, ever, I love the book I'm reading Dichotomy of Leadership because it talks about dichotomies. You know, you, you want to, your family first, right? Right, obvious. But then if you don't take care of yourself, then you're a shell of yourself for your family. So then what? <laughs> Do you take care of yourself first or your family first? So there is this ever, ever uh, going, ever lasting balance in this flow. But that's the one thing, you know, this book, Dichotomy of Leadership, and, and Jocko and Jocko has a huge podcast, but then he and his, his um, partner, Leif Babin, they wrote Extreme Ownership. And the, the, the thing that, makes me like, ah, oh, good feel is very early in this book. And, and you hear it, if you listen to late uh, Jocko's show, or if you've gone to their events is we're not trying to solve the problem. It's not okay. Spaniard, solve it. Family or business, family or fitness. It's not that. So the pressure's off. It's the reality is there are dichotomies. The reality is it's a flow and an evolution. And you have to continually day by day, reach whatever point you consider good for you and your life situation. So that takes off some pressure of trying to figure it out and really allowing you to, to, to just kind of reach that balance day in and day out. And I'm fortunate because I have dread who, you know, is my partner in shaman and we talk very often about, Hey, where are we at? What are you feeling? How's life at home? How's life with the business? What, what are we feeling? What can we do? What shouldn't we do? What do we truly believe in? Because trust me, I, I read a lot of books, I ask a lot of questions, and I can't do everything that everyone says to do. I can only do what I think is best. So dread oftentimes serves as, you know, my counsel and my sounding board to help us arrive to, okay, this is what we're going to do next. 
There's so much information to digest and I know that you have a ton of content and I want people to be able to find you. So before we point them in the right direction, I wanted to uh, tell you just on my own personal side, when I went through and I read your list of books, it gave me a really big smile that two of the ones at the very bottom, which I guess are probably the two that you typed in first, one was Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill and the other one was The Alchemist by uh, Paulo Coelho. Yeah. They were thinking we're rich. You're right. It's that's how. I, yeah, you're right. I, I put them up there as I read them. It probably would be better to put them in categories, etc. Make it real artsy and picturey. But I just don't have. It's not a priority right now. Uh, that's yeah, okay. It's genuine. Yeah, the Think and Grow Rich honestly is a book that everyone should read, and that's one of the I want to say two books that I've ever read twice. So I read Think and Grow Rich twice, and I read Extreme Ownership twice, and I'll probably read more twice as time goes on, but. And then, yeah, The Alchemist, I heard there's a, a professional fighter, his name is Boss Rutten, and I heard him a long time ago talk about The Alchemist, and it's a fiction story, and I don't read much fiction, and I read it, and the story, and then the end of the story was like, oh my gosh, this is great, so yeah. Well, I really appreciate your time. I know we're uh, running short on time and uh, you got to get going back to work and back to your family. So if folks are interested in learning about more about Charlie Brenneman, more about the Spaniard show, where can they find you and your content? Well, I really appreciate it, man. The, uh, my website is charliespaniard.com. So Charlie and the Spaniard combined charliespaniard.com. My show on iTunes and whatever podcast app is called the Spaniard show. Just type in Spaniard and you'll see my mug, my, my nice mug and my mean mug combined in one picture. And then on social media, it's at Charlie Spaniard. I'm a, I love, I love this, what we're doing right now. I love talking about books. I love geeking out about books and learning. And I love getting on stages and speaking and workshops and behind the scenes. And it, that's my favorite thing in the world to do. So I encourage people to, one, listen to the show if, if that's your boat as well. But two, reach out because I, I'm, a, trust me, I'm obsessive in every way. I'm obsessive now to the point where I, I respond to everybody and it's probably in the future, I won't be able to respond to everybody, but at least for now I can. So please reach out, you know, read the books. Let me know what you think about the books. Keep an ear out. I have an email list that I, I don't send a lot of emails, but I send my weekly what I learned this week document. And it's a, a, a maybe what kind of to caveat with your, or uh, transition from what you said, it's just a great diversity tool, a great balancing tool to give you more to say in conversations, develop deeper relationships. I appreciate your time, brother man. I hope you have a wonderful day and thank you. And we will be sure to send people your way. My pleasure, man. I would like to do this again, Ryan. Oh, this totally, totally, totally. Really fun. And you're really good at what you do. Oh, thank you so much. Oh yeah. We'll have to have another uh, side conversation. I'll give you the longer uh, backstory of how I got to this point. <laughs> yeah, I, I really did enjoy it. I, you know, we briefly met and you said, Hey, would you be on the show? I said, yep. Yeah. And Boom, we're here. So I sincerely appreciate your homework, the work you put into prep. It's obvious, very noticeable, and very much appreciated. Yeah, for me, whenever I'm doing something, I have a very similar mindset, whether it's teaching class at the gym or uh, walking into a meeting or any type of recording or anything. I cannot stand being unprepared because it affects my personal brand. The When people think of my name, I want them to think of a specific standard of excellence that is non-negotiable. Well, I do. Just from our short interactions, I absolutely do. It's super obvious. Well, thank you like very I much. Said, thank it's, you. It's really appreciated. 
Hey, thanks again for sticking around and listening to episode number six of This Amazing Life with my guest, Charlie Brenneman, a.k.a. The Spaniard. Such an interesting story, such a nice guy. I can't emphasize enough how important his family is, and that was unbelievably apparent when I met him at the leadership event and just in brief sign comments that we had uh, off of the air when the recording wasn't actually happening. Definitely recommend that you check out his stuff or check out his book list. This guy is a machine, and his commitment to his daily practice is definitely very impressive, very inspiring, and he is a type of person that I can very much relate to, and I think that really came across in the conversation. That little last bit that I left at the end of the episode where I was talking about a standard of excellence of personal branding, that actually wasn't really intended to be a part of the episode, but I figured, you know what? That's actually something that I'm planning on talking about in a future episode, so why not just leave it in and almost leave it as a little dangling appetizer for the listeners. As always, your support, your feedback is always appreciated. It is not required. Consider subscribing to the show. Consider leaving a review. And please continue to spread a little bit of love and hope with your friends and family or maybe even a stranger this week. And remember, every day isn't always going to be perfect, but if you try your best, it can be amazing. Thanks again, and we will see you next time.